Though often conflated with one another, illness is in fact different from disease. Illness begins when the subject notices the symptoms, notices they are unwell. Disease, however, comes into existence only through the doctor's diagnosis that a part of the body-mind has been damaged by disease. If we replace the doctor with hegemony, then suddenly everyone who does not benefit from capitalist structures is ill. We notice the way the systems make us ill, how it keeps us sick, through privatizing healthcare, through gentrification, through the mental and physical effects of racism and sexism, by depriving us from accessing what could keep us as healthy as possible, by overworking our bodies and glorifying this overworking. Yet the system will continue to resist diagnosing capitalism as a disease that causes our illness because its concern does not lie in the social or communal but the production of profits and capital. Only that which may threaten the health, survival, and reproduction of capital will be investigated and treated as a disease. It is only when illness affects us all, only when everyone recognizes they are ill, that the hegemony will notice the ways in which capitalism is generating illness. Once the majority is rendered ill, the ability to suck blood out of our veins will be hindered. Disease is incapable of existing without first creating illness and the illness capitalism produces is its own greatest flaw. Um, so that's just a few sections from something that I've been writing for the past couple of months as part of my um, senior thesis, and just seemed weirdly relevant in this moment um, with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and the context that I was writing it in was in relation to um, disability um, and ableism in capitalist society and also mo mostly thinking about diabetes because that's where I'm coming from um, and how private healthcare and pharmaceutical companies basically promote um, illness and depriving people from being healthy, but then also how uh, capitalist structures that only value work and productivity um, are ableist because they don't keep in mind the fact that certain bodies and minds are not able to work in the same way that we've kind of constructed as normal or ideal. Um, and then now that it seems like the whole world is finally understanding what that is because everybody is possibly ill, like n nobody is guaranteed health anymore. I'm wanting to start the podcast for a while, uh, start it up again. Um, and it just seems like like the right time because there is um, so much happening in our world that is suddenly exposing, right? Like the failures of capitalism to mm -hmm. people who um, have also like previously did not experience what a lot of um, people, specifically disabled people, experience every day of their life outside yeah. this pandemic um and so 
um, I think it, it's like like what you're saying in your thesis that once it threatens capitalism, right? That's mm-hmm. when that's when the disease is kind of like investigated, right? So yeah. That's when and right now we're like we all either have the disease or potentially could have it. Yeah. Um, is when we're starting to realize, right? Like, yeah. well, I'm hoping people realize, like, markets are not going to save us, right? So yeah. what do we do from there? And so I think um, I am really excited to see, like, the, what your thesis becomes. Um, and you have a lot of relevant content right now. Huh? It's hard for me not to now start writing about what's happening mm-hmm. because another element of what I was, I've been reading about um, from like disability activists is like the idea that like the foundation of capitalism is to be able to grow without limit mm-hmm. and disability has always kind of introduced a like problem within mm-hmm. capitalist structures because our bodies have limits yeah and it shows that there are like it's not possible for labor to continuously work without getting ill in that way yeah. um and then when it is like people tend to neglect disability issues so can capitalism can continue functioning because you can just neglect those people. But then when all of a sudden there's the situation where everybody is getting sick and where working will just make more people sick, mm-hmm. that's when you, they realize that actually the major issue is the illness caused by the capitalist structure, exactly. not necessarily the illness itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do think that it is like kind of scary how some countries are responding, though. Well, a lot of countries, and so like, for example, um, in the UK with um, uh, the chief, what is it like, science advisor of England, speaking about like herd immunity, right? Like, if mm-hmm. like these sixty percent of the people in England get it, then it's gonna help us in the future when this comes back and make us immune to it and well what about all those people who will die because of this right yeah um what like what how how do we discuss these things and like you can analyze right like from the language what is what is being said um, yeah and it has really scary kind of uh links to like eugenics right yeah, like, I think something that is even more obvious, I think in general, a lot of people think that people who are um, in some sort of, like, social justice activism movement mm-hmm. aren't ableist mm-hmm. uh, or d- don't believe in eugenics, but then you still see, like, I've I've had people tell me in these past couple of weeks and even just seeing it online on like Twitter and things like that saying like there's no need to panic because only people who are old or 
um, disabled or have some sort of underlying health condition are going to die. So yeah. so we like don't have to worry about it. And then whenever I've responded by saying like, actually I have this autoimmune disease where it doesn't make me more likely to get it. Mm -hmm. But if I do get it, it is a lot riskier than it will be for somebody who doesn't have health conditions. Yeah. And so you're saying you don't have to worry because only people who are ill or old are going to die. What you're saying is that those lives aren't as valuable. Like it's okay. We don't have to worry about losing those people because the bodies that function in the way that they're supposed to will continue. Yeah. Function. Yeah, exactly. What kind of like ridiculous uh, solution, but it's true that like people don't think about these things and they're so kind of, um, like in including myself, I'm privileged in the sense of like, right. Like I don't, I need to recognize my privilege, um, in the sense that I have, I don't have any health conditions that I have to have in mind going about my day. Right. And so yeah. like a lot of people are even dismissing this and they have like certain symptoms and then they're like, Oh, it's, it's nothing. It's like, it's just a cold or it's just a cough. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter if I go out and do this and that and like hang out with people and um, until they realize that actually, well, how about all the people who are in those vulnerable groups and are being told to like self isolate for 12 weeks? Yeah. You know, like how, why, why, <laughs> like, why do we have to put, um, like, you're in that group, right? So you have to suddenly think about, oh my gosh, I you I need to self isolate for twelve weeks, and partly because also people, well, it's it's not like people's responsibility per se. Like certain things are that people are just dismissing it, but also it comes from the yeah. government, right? The government hasn't put these are like different governments around the world, including like the UK right now that is so behind, haven't put certain measures in place and escalated mm -hmm. it so that businesses close, so that people don't go to work, and also yeah. people, um, so that people get sick pay and get paid during this time. Like, not, people are being fired. Um, yeah. Everywhere, you know, like, and um, you, you were telling me something about the U.S., right? Like, with um, sick pay, is that, is... Yeah, there was... Uh, an emergency bill introduced now um, with sick pay and basically it only applies to companies that have less than 500 employees I think yeah. which means that a lot of people who work for bigger companies which generally probably have more um, resources to yeah. pay employees um are still not guaranteed sick pay. So places like, I don't know, McDonald's or yeah, Amazon, yeah. something like that, these big companies aren't necessarily required and that still leaves millions of people without guaranteed mm -hmm. pay. Mm -hmm. um, and that means that basically people are, who might feel sick still have to go to work yeah. and make other people sick. Mm -hmm. Um, because those, yeah, I guess the, the, those like 
conditions aren't thought of as in they're not valued enough mm-hmm. so people who are able to do work from home because they're not doing like maybe manual labor or service type jobs um they have to continue exactly it's just um yeah it's a situation that like <laughs> i'm thinking of now biden and bernie's um debate yeah and how biden kept repeating like that this is an emergency situation and like kept coming back mm-hmm. to the current situation to avoid speaking about like a general the general state of healthcare in the US outside of this time right like he just kept coming back to well no right now it's an emergency and that's in this moment this is what we should do and everyone no one should have to pay like rent and this and that and they should get you know like sick pay and know that they're taken care of um and um but who decides what a state of emergency is right like he himself said that he doesn't have any health conditions that he's mm-hmm. supposed, that like um so does he get to decide like wh- what what uh, an emergency is right like it's there's a such a like in the US if we speak about the US the situation is so bad just in general in terms of healthcare right like um throughout the year mm-hmm. yet all of a sudden like this seems like a anomaly like <laughs> yeah like like this is a obvious and like a clear situation of emergency because it's mm-hmm. affecting the whole world and it's spreading so quickly yeah but to to ignore the fact that like i mean if in reference to like that debate between yeah. bernie sanders and biden yeah just the way that you can see how each of the two were talk like the metaphor that, that yeah. were being to speak about it where like Biden was speaking about this as like an external threat like mm-hmm. a war <laughs> yeah. rather than than the way like Bernie Sanders was addressing like the systemic issues within the country exactly yeah because it's yes this is like a strange situation not a normal situation but even even before this coronavirus pandemic people have been dying because they can't afford insulin yeah. have been dying because uh they can't afford to go to the doctor mm-hmm. um for like many medications you for, for example for insulin you first have to make an appointment with a doctor that you have to pay for then the doctor has to write you the insurance yeah. and then with insurance you can go buy the insulin if you can afford it yeah so it's not even just about buying the medication but also about being able to go see a doctor does the insurance like for um insulin for example Does it always cover the full cost? No. They can decide at any point to stop covering it because it depends on which uh, manufacturing company they have uh, like an agreement with. Mm-hmm. So I've been told um that they aren't going to cover an insulin like for example last year in May I was told that they weren't going to cover my um one of my insulins anymore. 
later on, I was told that they were going to make me switch to another type of insulin. Um, and so even that idea of like where a lot of people, um, a lot of like politicians and also people talk about how they need to keep um, private insurance in place because uh, people should have choice yeah. and it increases their choice. But in reality, what you're seeing in situations like mine and many other people who rely on like medications every month is that it does not increase choice because it all depends on what the insurance company agrees with like which companies they agree with yeah. and so they can very easily force you to switch to something else that might not suit your exactly. body in the same way like yeah. I know there are people who are, are allergic to certain kinds of insulin so then what you can like argue with your insurance company but that doesn't like you shouldn't have to be put in that position exactly. in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Like with Biden, the way he was saying it was like, "We're at war with a virus," and it's yeah. uh, it was really infuriating watching him speak. Actually, yeah. Um, There's a moment where he said, "I wrote it down because it sounded like such a strange sentence to say in that debate," but he said. In a war, you do what you can to take care of your people. And that was, like, interesting to think of, like, who are your people yeah. in that situation? Like, if you're a healthy, able-bodied, white man, then mm -hmm. are those the people that you are going to help in, in a war? Mm -hmm. Which usually is yes. Those are the people, the only people that might benefit yeah. from a war. Yeah. Um, yeah it's ridiculous and the other thing the other um theme in that debate is when they started talking about um china and um like castro and things like that and so i think um thinking about like how different countries are dealing with the situation is interesting right and also now with um the fact that um Cuba, um, mm -hmm. like you were telling me, has this uh, medication that they've been using. For... Yeah. Yeah, and so like Cuba has a medication they've been producing for a couple of years that they found out um, can like cure the lung issues associated with coronavirus. Um, and then China has started to produce that since mm -hmm. January, I think, and they've seen that like help a lot of the serious cases that they have um and like they also cuba um accepted a cruise ship that had i think four um people with coronavirus on it and it was the only country to accept the those passengers yeah because it has this medication to treat them and because it realizes the fact that like in a situation like this you can't think about like national borders in the same way because it becomes obvious that like regardless of those borders these pandemics are going to affect everyone and the virus is going to spread everywhere yeah so to think of like to think of health as an individual and private thing isn't possible in a situation like this and you realize that it's very much like a public issue exactly um you, I mean, we have, like, in London that hospital beds, um, like, are 
where they don't have enough like ICU beds, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like private hospitals that do, and mm-hmm. like this is a time where, you, like, it's not supposed to be private healthcare, public healthcare divided. Mm-hmm. There's like there's a need, and so these all these facilities need to be kind of used. Mm-hmm. You know, even private like healthcare facilities. It's not a time for people to. Um, I mean, now that in London they are um, doing private like um, tests to see if you have the virus that are like yeah. three hundred pounds plus, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with the fact that, like, people should get tested, right? Because right now, you're not being tested unless you have extremely severe symptoms. Yeah. Um, now, what the reason for that is, is, you know, maybe, like, not enough resources. The NHS is already, like, has, you know, so many cuts have happened. It's just, like, yeah. um, quite a bad situation. Um, but the point is, like... Everyone should be coming together if there is a workforce, if there, these tests are happening in the private sector, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know, it's kind of like, it's a crazy situation. Um, I think another thing that has like, been like that, this situation is exposing with like the flaws of a capitalist structure is that, for example, I've, um, homeless people what you know like in a situation where we're being told that we should stay at home yeah to protect people's health and then you think of the amount of people that are homeless yeah it becomes obvious that housing is also part of health care exactly and like being like for example i think it was in california where they've been converting motels um into like temporary housing for homeless people um, to protect themselves in this situation. So you already see that it's actually possible to house people. Like it's not because of a lack of space or resources. Mm -hmm. It's all there, but it's just not distributed in the Mm -hmm. way that it should be. And so like housing, access to food, access to medication, um, being able to work remotely for people who have... um, autoimmune conditions or disabilities in like a normal time frame like even outside of this pandemic all of those things are part of like what can guarantee the health of a society exactly like if those accommodations are being made now for people who are able-bodied right um Mm -hmm. and they are working from home why not accommodate for people who um out of necessity need to work from home right yeah um and be given that priority as well like it's it's um yeah i wonder where things are gonna go and what the state of things are gonna be but it's um yeah (laughs) there's also the the idea of um um having to like if you if you are um, having to self isolate or you are or you have to stay home because of a lockdown or uh, whatever it is, um, this idea of like taking this time to be productive, right? It's like you yeah. sh- in this time, um, there like 
you should read books and you should do this and you should do that. And like, I'm not being like completely critical of it. Like, I think it's, it's also maybe for some people, it gives them hope, like these certain things, like they might feel like, okay, that, I guess that's a positive spin to this. I guess it means I have more time to, um, I don't know, do the things I love or something like that. But also for a lot of people, it's um, they might then get frustrated when they don't do those things, right? When they end up staying home and actually maybe, I don't know, be lying down most of the day or like on their phones for a lot of their day or... I think of that like in relation to people who have mental illnesses um, or struggle with their mental health where yeah on one degree maybe like keeping yourself busy is helpful because it distracts you from these things but also having to be indoors um, and be isolated from people can aggravate a lot of um, like depression and anxiety and things Mm -hmm. like that and so that makes you unable to be like productive during this time um and like if anything this should be a time where you can rest and like not have to worry about contributing or about doing things that are considered like intellectual um Mm -hmm. or yeah not having to force yourself to work yeah um, and like just doing whatever you have to do to get by these indefinite number of days that you're going to be on your own mm-hmm. um yeah I think that's something that's like not really spoken about and like in terms of isolation or like being on your own indoors it's also something that's not new to a lot of disabled people or people who have um depression or things like that that have like been in this situation for a long time if like their whole lives and so how the way that we speak about like having to be indoors or having to work from home Mm -hmm. now should also keep in mind the fact that this isn't an exceptional case for a lot of other people and so like how do you keep their situation in mind as well yeah it is true I think um that in a lot of language, like you barely hear people really speaking about disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just thinking you even have people scared of saying the word disabled. <laughs> what, what's the, what is it again? People of determination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah. So, um what I wanted to say was yeah so if I think about like even um you know during my time uh in my gender studies course mm-hmm. um in like feminist circles like how often do we speak about disability when there isn't someone present that has a disability it's like I I haven't experienced people really speaking about it much um and um so it is it it's such an important like um topic to bring up right mm-hmm. um whilst I think it, like it's a time to like listen to those people and to like hear from them and hear their voices in this like moment um, yeah 
I think it's actually like interesting from um, like on Twitter. I follow a lot of disability activists, and a lot of them saying like, "What you what the world is experiencing right now mm-hmm. is ableism." And so, if there's anyone you should be taking advice from right now is disabled people exactly. who have been dealing with disableism. Exactly. So, like, um, I've seen like threads of like disabled people writing like, basically giving advice to people who are now um, stuck at home or mm-hmm. having to deal with like doctors doubting their medical symptoms when they think they might have the virus and having to deal with like all like just the like bureaucracy of the medical system and having to prove that you're ill or having to prove that you need to be home yeah um and how that's like not not like in a way that invalidates the people who are just experiencing this now but just like to make them realize that this is not anything new necessarily yeah, yeah. exactly Um, Something just came to my mind about guilt and, like, um, in a situation like this, like, for example, for me, having to call in sick to work, right? Like, knowing that it was the right thing to do because of the symptoms I had. um, Yeah. Even though, like, the the thing is, the way that it was spoken about and, like, kind of said by the NHS, it's, like, it's it's recommended, right, Mm -hmm. that you should stay home. But there's nothing else happening in terms of, like any other measures being taken and so suddenly you begin to even doubt yourself like it are these like symptoms like should I be should am I being dramatic like Mm -hmm. and then then even just the process of calling in is like oh my god should I be like like (laughs) why am I feeling guilty about this and um it's it's ridiculous but then you know you also have to think that of course you have to think about your own health and also about putting others at risk so if you're Mm -hmm. able to in terms of you have sick pay and you're able to like I don't know get by financially like definitely to make that decision and stay home you know and not like to I don't know I don't know what the solution is for people who who don't have sick pay or might lose their jobs or what it is but hopefully com- some, like companies are I don't know um, yeah I think that's a little hopeful because I think there's just been so many people fired so it's yeah. uh, quite yeah, no, a bad it's situation like think, thinking of like what lab- what types of labor or work have been um, valued more by society mm-hmm and then seeing like in this time who are the people that are working the most and that are keeping exactly functioning they're people who work in grocery stores mm-hmm. or um you know do, do like food delivery um taxi drivers the like service jobs are the only ones that are actually keeping everything still functioning and like medical workers um, exactly and those are the jobs that aren't valued. So you normally see people criticizing nurses mm-hmm. for like only being nurses or people for working at a grocery store. Whereas now they are, need to be treated like with so much importance and given all the resources that they need to like protect themselves also in the mm-hmm. situation. But now they are 
the most vulnerable as well in some ways because they can't afford not to be there and because we need them there as well yeah it's true like people in groceries like those who are working there should be given protection right like they should be um even like yeah like you said like (laughs) delivery drivers um i was um told by a friend who works like in a hospital that one of um one of the like healthcare um professionals got symptoms and Mm -hmm. was told to come back to work after seven days and this person Mm -hmm. clearly said like well you know now they're they're saying 14 days and the supervisor said well um seven days should be fine like what do you mean seven days should be fine but like those are people who can't work from home right like they have to be there um in the hospital and um yeah it's um it's ridiculous and then um, of course those with a lot of money have the privilege of seeing this as like i mean how much are they how much are they really affected individually at the moment yeah <laughs> um yeah like I, i'm seeing something like a lot of celebrities now um posting things about like sending love and kind of like ignoring in a way like they're in in their mansions probably yeah yeah. they have people who can buy food for them they don't have to leave their house they probably have gyms at home or things like that and so it's very easy for them to say like stay at home send love to people when they're not in the situation where they have to go to the grocery store at this time or they have to go to work at this time or like they it's just like easy to distance themselves from the reality of what is happening exactly exactly um yeah (laughs) um what was the other thing i wanted to say was um the the plastic straws (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, like, and eco-fascism, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, well, with this, like, the movement that's been happening for, like, several years now, I guess, with, like, zero waste and Mm -hmm. environmentalism, which is good, I guess, like, to be aware of the way that, like, everything we purchase and we use has an impact on the environment. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I think a lot of um, these, like, environmentalists or, like, eco-fascists don't take into account that you... It requires a certain privilege, a certain amount of privilege to be able to have that type of lifestyle. So whether it's, like, a monetary privilege where you can't go out and buy, I don't know, like, bamboo for... (laughs) to use (laughs) or reusable bags um or like maybe you only have an hour or less than an hour to eat in between all the different jobs that you do yeah and so you have to go buy something wrapped in plastic because you can't make your own meal by the time you get home yeah um 
that's like one issue and then now with this pandemic where we have to be so careful about um reusing certain like using certain materials because the virus can like live on it for mm -hmm. several hours mm -hmm. and people are having to use like disposable coffee cups and straws yeah and everything and then you see like again a lot of disabled people saying like I, I guess in reference to like when people have been saying that we should ban plastic straws and then disabled people were saying like, oh, I rely on these disposable um, like plastic materials to avoid catching infections because I have a low immune system yeah. or because I have a condition where I need to use a straw. Yeah. Um, or I need to use prepackaged foods. Mm -hmm. And then you notice now all these like coffee shops and everything are having to use reusable items. And I mean, sorry, disposable items yeah. to avoid the spread of disease. And so again, people are realizing like maybe we were too quick to yeah. try to judge or ban. Exactly. exactly these things because actually there is a reason people use them and there's a reason they were created yeah yeah it's true it's true um and again that like brings back the fact that um people making you know in like positions of um where they have to make these sorts of decisions um aren't considering um, the experiences of people who are disabled um, or have certain, like, whatever health conditions, right? Um, yeah. And it, like, <laughs> comes back to that and how um, we keep things, like, intersectional. Um, yeah. I think it also comes down to, like, in, even, in, again, in reference to, like, the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, how everything we're realizing, or at least I hope people are realizing that you can't reduce everything to individual um, choices where like everything you do yeah, is a collective thing. Yeah. Um, and so the, the only, like we need government structures in place to support people in these situations. Exactly, yeah. And so what... And we also need to not think about only ourselves as individuals, but as, like, people living in a society yes. with other people where, like, each of our decisions affects somebody that we might not know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, now you see, like, how imaginary borders are as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> with this. Um, and... And I think that, like, that relates to the fact that, um, you know, this this whole movement of, like, being independent and, like, um, um, relying on yourself and not needing anyone. <laughs> and uh, that's how you show success. Um, not show success, but that's how, it, like, that's a sign of, ha of like, kind of, going or reaching success right yeah um, and 
um, in these situations, you re- you realize that like we need people, and so in yeah. um, if you have to self isolate and you live alone, mm-hmm. um, you are gonna need someone to support you with getting groceries if mm-hmm. you can't get someone to deliver food to you in the next yeah. two weeks. You know, um, yeah, and. Um, you you need to keep in touch with people through social media, through WhatsApp, through calls, through things yeah. like that, and um, be on your phone to be able to survive in this time and um, yeah. feel mentally and emotionally a little more stable with um, just like the connections that you have, right, help and are needed and you need people and you need to depend on people overall in general like it's not yeah. um, uh, it's not a weakness <laughs> to need people it's kind yeah. of like you're lying to yourself if you say that you don't and you're like trying to aim for something that's impossible and you'll go crazy you know in the yeah. pursuits of that um, and um I know, like, in London, communities have formed in boroughs, in different boroughs, um, of just community support, of helping people who need um, um, their groceries bought for them. I've also seen, like, mental health professionals, counselors posting in the group saying that they are counselors and that um, that if anyone needs support, to, like, please reach out. And so those are also really interesting kind of... um, things that emerge in these times yeah right um yeah new york as well there's um like mutual aid groups forming in different neighborhoods and like i think another interesting thing is for example uh with school closures um public school closures Mm -hmm. in new york where they were debating whether they should close the schools to avoid the spread yeah virus um but then a lot of low-income families were kind of saying that they depend on the meals that their children get at school yeah because they can't afford more than one meal for their kids yeah Um, and so that was obviously making people anxious about what would happen to them if schools closed Mm -hmm. and so now schools have closed but they are still providing meals to students um within certain hours a day and so children can go to any school nearby them and get their food if they need to. Um, And certain like restaurants in communities are giving out free meals. And so again, it's like back to that issue of like capitalism and only being concerned with what generates profits Mm -hmm. is not helpful in a situation like this. Exactly. I feel like screaming like, you know, the free market's not going to save us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the only way to, like, sustain a society is through, like, social welfare. Yeah, exactly. And, like, aid, not, like, not expecting people to work individually and independently and get whatever they can depending on like where they are yeah yeah um yeah it's crazy i mean now for example self-employed people 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about that, that like they don't get um, sick pay in the UK, for example. Um, and there was a petition like to kind of get them to be included in like the sick pay um, during this time. I'm not sure what happened with it, but um, yeah, it's like it's just it's it's just more than frustrating, right? That like during before this. The situation was already so horrible and no one paid attention to it. And I don't know if they're paying attention to it now either, really. Like, yeah. they're trying to find, like, some temporary fix and that's not that's not going to do anything in the long run. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, because I think, again, like, this... It's the first pandemic that we've experienced in this way. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it will be the last one exactly. because I think like it's normal and natural for things like this to occur because we can't control like what happens with the yeah. spread of like viruses and yeah. bacteria and things like that. So these infrastructures have to be put in place before these situations exactly. happen so that you can deal with it, which is why like certain countries have been more capable of containing the spread because they have like healthcare and um, like food resources and things like that in place before this comes up. Yeah. And that is like China, Cuba. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. Um, There's, I was thinking about, how it's it's um it's not free to get tested in the U.S. Is it? No, in the U.S., some places I think it's like three thousand dollars. Even with like insurance, insurance can recover. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like guaranteed. And in places like New York, to get tested, you first have to confirm that you've interacted with someone who was confirmed positive mm. for coronavirus, which is impossible because people aren't being tested and aren't being confirmed exactly. so how do you exactly. say yeah um and like for example in like right now um <laughs> boris johnson said that mm-hmm. um kind of recommended not to go um to like bars and restaurants and things like that and <laughs> but hasn't like you know taken any measures to close these places so that they you know so right now the places all that's going to happen is that they're going to make these restaurants are going to make a big loss right. um, and we can't claim insurance exactly and and the same is happening in like the uae for example they've closed everything but they haven't closed restaurants and cafes and so it's that exact same situation but they're still collecting rent from those business owners yeah. And so what do those business those small business owners do? Like do they pay their employees out of their own pocket? Mm-hmm. Right? Um do they yeah. like, I know a, a coffee shop here, the yeah. Bosion. Their whatever profits they make from their like coffee subscriptions because it's a small business, they're taking all those profits and giving it to their employees. Yeah. But it's like the then the company is also as a small business 
struggling yeah. within this because there's no like exactly, sort of government exactly. aid exactly and that's the situation in the uae as well where they're like there no one is getting like these small um cafes and restaurants or, like small businesses aren't getting any kind of support in terms of um right like <laughs> they still have to pay extremely high rents um and but like it's it's really hard in this situation to decide like are you do you fire your employees i mean i i don't think small businesses want to fire their employees and like um mm-hmm. but um but it's just like these these are the kinds of decisions people have to make right now and it's um really terrible and reveals the like (laughs) how just capitalism doesn't work it doesn't work people yeah doesn't work Um, (laughs) um yeah so so this wasn't a happy podcast, but if um, <laughs> but if you want um, some advice on how to leave your apartment if you need to in an emergency situation but aren't feeling so well, just use <laughs> Viva Puru and put it in your nostrils for those of you who are not Latin American. <laughs> <laughs> you're like Hispanic. Um, that's it. That's our grandmother's advice. <laughs> yes, our grandmother's advice to our brother. Um, big state for real. That's the conclusion of this episode. <laughs> Vix. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, the other the, conclusion yeah. is, if you can vote in the U.S., don't oh my, vote for Biden, Oh, my please. God, please. That also means don't vote for Trump, obviously. Yeah. Bernie, please vote for Bernie. In this moment, it should be obvious why <laughs> that's the right choice. Oh, my God. I'm so worried. But, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yes. That. That's that. That's that. Keep like you know speaking to people, friends, family, staying as ignore the screen time uh, on your phone. It's fine if you're looking at it all day because you don't have to be a like wellness person right now. You mean I don't have to be a wellness influencer? Yeah. You don't have to drink any green juice or do anything like that right now. Just <laughs> just cope <laughs> however you need to. Exactly. Just cope. Just. What has been your way of coping? In- my way of coping has been jumping around in my apartment. <laughs> And lifting suitcases as weights. <laughs> I really wish you recorded that. 
I um, am very proud to say I finished the full 63 episodes of a Colombian soap opera <laughs> on Netflix. It was a very sad uh, moment when I watched the last episode. Um, <laughs> and what else have I been doing? Other ways of coping is trying to keep your routine as normal. So like still showering yeah. and getting dressed in something that's not your pajamas. Yes. Making your bed. That is true. Making your bed. Does she sound like her mom? It's true. It's true. What if you don't normally make your bed? Well, you feel like what? What if you don't normally make your bed? Well, I guess that's why I don't make it. Not saying I don't make my bed, but maybe. (laughs) Um. Oh my gosh! Do you know what I just realized? I didn't have coffee today. Oh my god. Okay, well. You have coffee? That's what I'm going to do right after this. Make myself a cup of coffee. Me too. Um, yeah. Well, it was nice talking to you. You too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Stay safe and practice social distancing, please. Yes, please. Uh, Oh my god. Social distancing is the way. Mm -hmm. Say hi with the feet. (laughs) Yeah. Feet high fives. Not so high though. Feet low fives. Oh my god. This is going really disconcerting. That's a very bad ending. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.